Hello, and welcome to the Shedding Light podcast, created for you by Lighthouse Family Church. I'm your host, Kewan, so join us as we talk about all things faith and how we apply these principles to our daily lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Shedding Light podcast. Uh, last week, it was just so good, we had to get him back. Pastor Trevor, how are you doing? Uh, well, thank you. Good to, <laughs> good to be back. It's good. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're looking at the second part of our mini-series, Joshua Unpacked, where we are just diving a little bit deeper into the book of Joshua, looking at um, the situations that were surrounding the Israelites and Joshua at the time. Um, and I should have said this last week, but if anyone would like some more context as to what we're talking about, be sure to go check out our YouTube channel. Um, that's where we upload all our sermons, and the sermon series In This Together is uploaded there. So you can go check that out. It's a lot of good stuff, uh, and that'll provide a little bit more context for the conversation that we're having here. Um, now, Trev, you know, last week we spoke about Joshua specifically, and we you know, we spoke about the the responsibility that he had to carry the Israelites through the pressure that he probably felt. And the one thing that you touched on last week was, you know, looking at how the Israelites had strayed away from the path before with Moses and that pressure that Joshua must have felt that, oh, you know, what if this happens again? Um, I want to look at that the issue with the Israelites and walking away, um, at, which would ultimately lead to them spending 40 years in the desert. You know, when Joshua and Caleb were, were two of the spies that were sent out um, during the time of Moses, um, they came back. Joshua and Caleb came back. A lot of good news. Hopeful message. A message that, that said they could go out. They could conquer this. They could do this thing. The 10 others came back afraid. A message of despair, one that said they're too big, it's, uh, it's just too difficult, we're not going to be able to do this thing. And it was so easy, even though the Israelites had been brought out of such a pit of despair in Egypt, it was so easy then for them to, to walk away from, that, from the path that God was leading them on just because of the negativity that was shared, mm. just because of that message of despair that was brought. And I just wanted to get your opinions, Trevor, of, of how easy you think it is for us in our context, even though we may have the truth in front of us, we've got the Bible with us. We've seen God's goodness. We've seen his faithfulness in our lives. And yet when public opinion comes our way, when negativity comes our way, it can be so easy for us to walk away from that and just fall into a pit of despair. Um, yeah. Just, just your thoughts on that. Yeah. Thanks, Kieran. So let's back up a little bit and just to have a look at the context of the Israelites. So remember that uh, for 400 years, there had not been a word from the Lord. They had been slaves in Egypt until God called Moses. And God had this rescue plan, which we know is the Exodus, which is a pattern of our deliverance out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt in the natural and our bondage to sin. So in a sense, Moses is a kind of a pattern of Christ and and it is very interesting to go into uh, that parallel between what happened to national Israel and the Israelites, or in the natural, and then how God delivers us, leads us, leads us to the promised land of a life in Christ, in the spiritual. And so, yeah, these slaves were essentially set free. And Moses is called to lead them. He leads them out of the bondage of Egypt. Uh, obviously, they're the plagues that we read of at the, uh, in the end, towards the end of the book of Exodus. And he leads them through the promised land, uh, through, the, through the Red sea, sea, should I say. They, get, they, they stand there 
and they look back and they see the chariots of the Egyptians. And it's recorded for us in Exodus chapter 14. And right there, now they've had the plagues, they've had God's deliverance, they've seen his hand, and right there, they start to grumble against Moses. And they say, did you bring us into the desert to die? Are there no graves in Egypt? Why have you done this? And, and at first glance, you kind of go like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> and yet at another angle, you think they'd never known anything. They'd only ever known slavery. They'd never known freedom. And sometimes we wonder, if we look at people and how hard it is sometimes to walk in victory, why some people slip back into, into old ways so quickly, even though they've come forward and they've been prayed for and God has done something significant in their lives, and they slip back so quickly. Because slavery is a hard thing to let go of. It just is. Sure. The mi- and, and maybe it's not so much the physical shackles, but maybe more the mindset of a slave. And so... And so now these Israelites now cross the Red Sea. Again, amazing miracle. And God starts to provide for them. They get the manna. They, they see God. They see manifest in a cloud by day, a pillar of fire at night. I mean, they've seen all of this. They've seen all of this. They get to the edge of the promised land. They send the spies across. And they see what they did not expect to see. They see uh, fortified cities. They see giants there. Uh, and uh, Joshua and Caleb come back and they go, What's the problem? God's spoken. God's given us the word. This is our land. They they do not belong there. We're going to go and take it. The rest, the other 10, let's be honest, we're probably more like us. Well, we know what God has said, but we didn't count on, we didn't bank on uh, these uh, these foreigners, these um, these very strong tribes being there, and we don't know what to do. And I wonder if if perhaps... um, you know, the expectation had been that they would just kind of get to this land that was just waiting for them. And they would cross the, the river and they would just go and inhabit it. And, and I think sometimes, again, if we draw the parallel, we, we kind of expect the promises of God just to kind of be there for our taking. And we don't expect to have to fight for it. We don't expect to have to persevere or push in or, or to do anything that um, might cost us something in order to, to derive the benefit. It doesn't change the fact that God had promised the land. Yeah, But they did not expect to find squatters in the land that they now had to drive out. And of course, relatively speaking, they were weak. They were, they were redeemed slaves. They'd been wandering in the desert for, um, you know, for weeks. They weren't uh, strong. They weren't a mighty army like, uh, like the, the tribes in, uh, in Canaan at the time. But they did have God. And how quickly and easily they forgot the miracles and all the things that God had done and shown himself to be their God. Yeah. Do you not do you not think that that also you know you just said that you know the other ten probably more like us which is fair because uh, you know I think it probably speaks about that that need to control that 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 little part inside of us that I think we we don't want to admit is there but it's a part inside all of us that at one point or another we say Lord I'll trust in your promises as long as I know exactly what's going to happen you know Lord I'll trust in your promises as long as I know exactly how it'll pan out yeah but that's not how God works yeah. Clearly, in the in the way that in the way that he dealt with the Israelites at the time, that's clearly not how God works, you know. Yeah, and we, and we put expectations on God. Now, some of those expectations, I think, are fair. They're just from our perspective. So we pray, or we we stand standing in faith for something, and we trust in God. And we have an expectation of how we think that would pan out. Some of that expectation might come from the Word of God, uh, as we as we state the Word. Well, God did this and that, and in uh, in His people's lives, surely He will do the same for me. But I think inadvertently we add expectations. Oh, just because we're human, we, you know, we're trying to fathom this thing. We're trying to live out this 
this life of faith. We don't have all the answers. Yeah, of course we want to sometimes try to control the outcomes. I don't think it makes us bad people or bad Christians. Mm. But those expectations can hinder our faith. Sure. And sometimes it's about trusting the Lord and having a, a desired outcome, but not holding on to our expectations and allowing God the space and the time to do things his way and to answer in his way uh, and, and to hold our expectations, but hold them loosely and not bind everything hinging on things working out as we expect. Yeah. Now, Chef, speaking about expectations and, and not, not always knowing what's going to happen, we, we are all going through a global pandemic that as much as, as facts may come our way, for the most part, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. We don't always know what what next month brings. What what six months time will look like. Um, and uh, along those same lines of uh, trusting God, even though even though we don't always know what it's going to look like. Um, I want to ask you, Chef, because because I, I see the way you you deal with this in your own life. Um, and I think you've managed to find this balance really well. If we look at the Israelites, they they were hopeful. They were on that journey toward the promise. Negativity came their way. They walked away from it. Mm. They they fell astray um, because of that public opinion, that public ne- negativity. Uh, and in the same way for us, I see so many people holding on with hope, holding on with hope. And then because of either social media or what is on the news or just in the general public forum, um, people can so easily fall into despair mm. and, and lose track of that hope, lose, lose track of that faith that they were on. Um, how do you in your life find this balance between holding on with hope, holding on with the promises of God, um, but then still remaining informed? Because I think to to just blatantly say, I don't want negativity in my life, so I'm not going to be on social media, I'm not going to listen to the news, I'm not going to take in any of that. I think there, there's, there's a certain amount of foolishness to that because it is also our responsibility to be informed, to have a response to things that, that happen in our world as Christians. Um, so how do you find this balance between holding on to the promises of God with faith, trusting in Him, but then still remaining informed and not falling into despair yourself? So I think you you touch on a very important point there, and that is uh, just how those 10 spies managed to influence the entire nation. So they got to the edge of the promised land, and they had seen God's miracle. God had provided the manna. Every day they had seen God move, whether it was the manna, whether it was the the pillar of fire at night, the cloud by day, uh, the deliverance from from the marauders that came, etc., the water from the rock. And now they were at the edge of the promised land. And just because... They do not expect to find those tribes there. The 10 spies kind of, no, we can't do this. This is not how it, it, and they just, and they go back and they bring the report. Joshua and Caleb are going, we can do this. God is on our side. But the reality is that those 10 tribes influenced the entire nation towards despair, ultimately judgment, because God held it to the account that it was unbelief. They would just not believe in him, despite all that he had shown them. And as a result of that, that entire generation dies in the desert bar, uh, Joshua, Caleb, and their families. Yeah, and we've talked on that, talked about that. So, so yeah, public opinion is is a big thing, and any one of us could be rattled. If you imagine yourself as one of the Israelites, how who would you have believed, uh, one of the ten or Joshua, Caleb? Sure. And 
And, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is when we look at our lives, how easily and quickly we are rattled by bad news. And, and we, we know the word of God and we know what God says and we've seen God's hand in our lives. And then bad news comes and it rattles us. And, you know, I think part of that is, is, is being human. But I think we need to learn as people of faith to handle that better. Handle it better. So in Psalm 103, it talks about, praise the Lord, O my soul, um, but do not forget all his benefits. In other words, there's, a, there's good reason to remember God's faithfulness in our lives. Why would he drop us now? Yeah. Just because there's a pandemic. Around. Why is God all of a sudden going to redefine his goodness and his faithfulness to, to us? He's not. It just so happens we find ourselves in the valley. We, we find ourselves in, in a dark place, an, an unusual space. It doesn't change God's God's promises any more than it changed God's promises about the promised land to, to the Israelites. Yes. You know? So, so how then do, do we manage? Because there is a lot of negativity out there. The reality is we are in a pandemic. It is scary. Uh, and, uh, and people are dying. And as much as we might find comfort in the, our death rates in South Africa being lower than the global average, you know, a death is a death. Um, yes. And it's a tragedy. And, and so... You know, it is a balance. And I think the balance is slightly different for all of us. I think there are some people that want a lot of information. There's nothing wrong with that. But so long as you are balancing that with what, what the Word of God says. Because essentially, it comes down to, to, to quite, a simple, quite a simple formula. The more you are digesting something, the more it's going to influence you. So the more I'm feeding on the newspapers and News 24 and, and, and you know, the TV and, and getting all that information – and I'm reading my Bible five minutes a day, you know, it's not going to build faith. Wow, yeah. It's just not going to build faith. But if I'm spending as much time in the Word of God and with God, in the presence of God and worship and focus on God as I am in just keeping informed, well, that's going to balance things out a little bit more. And so if we want to be people of faith and we want to hold on to, uh, to, to faith and the Word of God at this time, then we've got to be feeding on, on that which builds our faith. The Word of God, the um, you know worship, a prayer, and and uh, and all of those things that nourish our spiritual life in the midst of of all the stuff that's going on. Sure, so sure, it's really really good, Trev. It's really really good, and you know I, I've 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 always found it interesting that that you know in amidst all the negativity, um, something I wanted to get your thoughts on on, on this quick was uh, you know in the midst of all the negativity. When we do see Christians, um, you know, maybe it's a Facebook post, maybe it's a post on Instagram, a message, a WhatsApp message, whatever it may be. But when we do see Christians posting hopeful messages, something in in the midst of of the darkness, there's this mm. there's this little light. It can sometimes be seen as like a, a, a little bit. Uh, um, what's the word? Con contrived? Con? Is that the word? I think Could it's the be, word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's the word. Um, you know, but what what kind of encouragement would you give to to people who are trying to be a voice of hope in in the midst of all of this? You know, keep on going, or do you think there can come a point where it's becoming a little bit much and maybe a little bit um, yeah? It's a good question. Patronizing. It's a good question. Q. Yeah, it's difficult because people are all in different spaces, obviously. And so um, some people feel the need to post, you know, an excessive amount of stuff, and they do now have a good heart. And so maybe you just want to see it from that perspective. Mm. Uh, I think it's always better to be real and honest. Uh, so 
so if you, like me, don't often post stuff um, and all of a sudden now I'm flooding, um, you know, uh, Facebook with posts of going like, hey, Trev, this is just not you. Well, what are you on about? I think let's keep it real. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, and there are people that are, are utilizing the time because they often are posting stuff. And so for them, they're wanting to encourage people. It's consistent with who they are. I think the best is, is to be honest to to be as authentic as possible and to encourage one another because there is a lot of negativity. So we don't want to try and uh, counter that just for the sake of counter with good stuff. But there there are good news stories out there, both spiritual and just in in the natural. And so what we have tried to do at Lighthouse, what we've tried to do through the devotions, what I'm trying to do on a, on a, on a Friday Kingdom perspective on Facebook, what we're trying to do through our messages and, and our podcasts like this, is, is just to provide um, directly and indirectly encouragement that we may find faith in a, what is a very difficult time. And so, and so again, it comes back to, to sharing the positive stuff, but also being careful of the negative stuff that you share. So again, there's nothing wrong with putting news out there, but again, check the sources. So for me, mm-hmm. there are certain sites that I just don't go to, and there are certain um, there, there's certain stuff I just don't want to don't want to read because I I'm aware of the spin that they're trying to put in it. What I'm looking for is credible information that helps me understand what the government is doing in response to the pandemic what the numbers are and and I limit that to just having a basic knowledge of what's going on so that I can speak to that so that I can articulate that in the context of faith I you know and I also found myself um early on in lockdown uh, watching the news and 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 trying to, and it just became too much and I realized it was affecting me yeah so I go what do I what do I want to know what do I just basically need to know and that's what I feed on mm. and that's what I feed on and um and, uh, and so I have a basic understanding of what's going on that helps me. The rest, I want to spend time focusing on God and on, on my faith and, and finding that faith in that. So I think, it's, I think it's partly discerning as well. I think that's what I'm trying to say as well. Discerning on how much you share positively. Just be authentic. Just be, just be real. Um, but also what we share negatively. In other words, news that we get. Make sure it's from a credible source mm. if you are going to pass it on. Make sure that it's not fake news, and we've seen that blow up, um, uh, you know, around the world, particularly in in recent weeks. And so, and so, again, you know, let's just be discerning whatever we share. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I thought maybe it'll be good for good for our listeners um, just to get a good old fashioned Trevor Anderson stop it. Um, <laughs> you know, for, yes. for for stop it. Yeah, for for everyone who. You know, I, I don't I don't really want to go into it too much now because I I have the tendency to to go a bit off the rails talking about um, fact checking and uh, sharing false news and things. But you know, if we look at the Israelites, they took the the words of those ten spies as as truth. Yeah, they did. And let's be honest, there was no way for them to check that themselves unless they were willing to make the trek out and yeah. and check for themselves. Mm. Nowadays. There are very few people who have an excuse for sharing things without actually checking it first. So maybe, Trev, if we could just get a good old-fashioned stop it to everyone who shares false news without actually checking it for themselves first. Uh, Good point. (laughs) Good point. And I think that's part of our responsibility. We're going to post stuff and we're going to share stuff. And we, we we want to be hopeful people. We want to share that hope. We want to share faith. Then use that as the lens. 
uh, and um, and be discerning. Check your facts, you know, and 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 then share it. Yeah. Yeah. Trev, thank you so much for this. Really appreciate having you on here. Uh, and just like last week, would you give us the final words? So. I know that there have been a, a few people that have shared how, how discouraged they've become just because they've been praying and we've been praying that God would spare our nation. We've been, we've been praying that, um, that we wouldn't see the kind of numbers that we are starting to see, both of infections and deaths. And, and we're getting discouraged. And I'll be honest, I've been discouraged as well. Um, it's not just every country in the world, it seems, has, has, uh, has responded quite differently to this pandemic. In some countries, far worse off than us, it's, it's kind of, it hasn't really taken hold. And they, they kind of have carried on with their normal lives, et cetera. And there have been countries far worse than us. In fact, developed countries, uh, countries in Europe and, and so on, that, that were hit really, really hard. And so there's no real way of, of seeing it. But um, I know that there have been those that have been discouraged and say, God, we're just not seeing you work and the numbers keep going up. And, and, and what's it going to look like over the coming months? And, and fear can very easily creep in and doubts of, of who God is and what he's doing. And I would say this, that, that we, are, we are, as Christians, we are primarily influenced by our faith, or so we should be. We are not primarily influenced by what we see and what we hear. And, and so, yeah, it is kind of scary and, you know, just, just at face value. You don't even have to read um, all, the, all the scary articles. You can just look at the, the simple yeah. facts of, of a rising infection rate. But let's not lose hope. Let's mm. not lose heart either. Because God's promise is always to see us through. No matter how it pans out, he's going to see us through. That's what he's promised. To be with us always, as we looked at in the first podcast. That is the promise that was given to Joshua. No matter how long the battle was going to be, and through the setbacks that they were going to experience, God's promise was, I will be with you. I'm going to see you through. And what we do believe is we believe that God is working. We believe that God is working. And one of my, my best quotes, and it came back to me personally the other day, um, and I think it's as true now as it might be true in any circumstance that we find ourselves. By Smith Wigglesworth, who said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And we are either going to be moved by what we see, by what we read, what we see on the news. What we, oh, no, this is terrible. Uh, how are we going to recover? And, and our minds are going to run and race and the enemy is going to get on the bandwagon. Either we are going to be moved by what we see or what we perceive, or what we hear, or we're going to be moved by what we believe. And I had to discipline my own mind and my own heart to go, God, it's, I'm not seeing anything yet, but I'm not moved by what I see or don't see. Yeah. I need to be moved by what I believe. If I believe that you are working, if I believe that you respond to the prayers of your people, if I believe that you are still God and that you are at work even when I don't see it, then that's what I've got to be moved by. And I've got to leave it at that. And, and I think daily it's a discipline where we go before the Lord and say, God, today I choose not to be moved by what I believe and uh, what, what I see around me, but I'm moved by what I believe. If you're good, if you're merciful, if you are responding to the cries of your people, which is what your word says, then that's what I'm going to believe. And, and I think that's the challenge of faith. More than that, there's nothing we can do. But I think that is part of our journey and part of our challenge to say, I'm not moved by what I see or what I hear. I want to be moved by what I believe. Sure. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Trev. Always a pleasure. So thank you all for listening once again. Uh, be encouraged. Stay safe. And God bless.